Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK science fiction fantasy and horror geek podcast episode 456, recorded tonight on Sunday the 4th of September 2022 at 23.20.54. I would have started earlier, but I was dicking around with my setup, trying to work out where the noise was coming from. I moved my mic stand a couple of inches, and it was a couple of decibels quieter. Just by having more of the wood of the desk separating the back of the mic from my helicopter-sounding computer. And then, just to add insult to injury, when I got that sorted out, the traffic started outside. It's that mad hour before midnight when a load of people drive at incredible speeds back from the pub. Makes complete sense. Oh, I'm already tired. I've caffeinated myself up. I've taken my painkiller. But I already feel a bit crappy, to be honest with you. Which isn't really a good start to this new off-topic show. The third show of the two that I already do. I've wanted to have a place where I can talk about off-topic, non-science fiction, fantasy and horror subjects for a while, for a very long time, probably for the last ten years, in just the same way as I've been looking for a new title for the show for the last ten years. I used to just add off-topic subjects to the main show. It did make the main show sound cluttered, meandering, oxbow lakes. Do you remember those from school? That's something to do with meanders, isn't it? So here we are. This is it. The after dark, after hours, after eights. What happened to those? Um, Chocolate. Hangout, chill out lounge, or Vader's disco ball. Do you remember that reference? It's in an old podcast somewhere. Look it up if you're interested. Probably don't look it up because it is very trivial. This is supposed to be an informal chat rant party. I put party in the show notes because I assumed I would be cracking open a can of cider and I'd be a bit merry. No such luck. As I said, all the stuff that used to go into the main show, but made it seem a bit cluttered. Though, to be honest, this was never meant to be a show just about science fiction, fantasy, or horror. It was supposed to be about all geek stuff, including science fiction, fantasy, and horror, but also tech, art, music, creative stuff, the lot. But that is a lot of stuff to cram into one show. So maybe it is better this way. It is better to have a show where you can talk about loads of things or anything that cannot be programmed, categorised, or easily referenced. I miss the X-Files. 
I don't honestly know if this will last, so enjoy it <laughs> while you can. Remember now, and this is probably the tenth time I've said this, at this stage, right now there are three shows. The usual pop culture show, science fiction, fantasy and horror. The retro revisit, also science fiction, fantasy and horror, but a specific topic. For a long time now, that is classic Doctor Who and this new off-topic show. I haven't named any of these formally, so suggestions please, if you have any. If you have seen the show notes for tonight's episode, there is an image in the show notes, which I put in there in honour of my recurring comedic dream of torch-wielding villagers driving me from my wizarding tower castle laboratory. Yes, of course, I love young Frankenstein. I'm a geek. We all love young Frankenstein. However, you would be wrong. That picture is actually from a Disney film, Dragon Slayer, a very uncharacteristically violent and grimdark Disney film, which shows a group of villagers who are on their way to seek assistance from an elderly wizard. They aren't there to harass him. So there you are. We're still in the pre-show section. This is going to be a long pre-show section. <laughs> I have facial hair at the moment. I have a goatee. Very, very recently, I tried to regrow it into an old musketeer style I used to wear. I hesitate to say style. If you have a look at illustrations of how D'Artagnan was supposed to look, it's that kind of arrangement. And that's what I was going for, gallant musketeer. What I managed to pull off instead was KFC's Colonel Sanders. It is now more a full chin and moustache beard, not just that poor attempt at 17th century France. I have a strong suspicion, though, that by tomorrow it will be completely gone. Something that I have discovered lately is that some sounds, many sounds, put me into a foul mood, make my head throb. Apparently, it might be something called misophonia. Yeah, that's right, according to my notes. The worst part of this condition is clanging crockery in the kitchen. That is phenomenally rage-inducing. I learned about this condition from the NHS website, whose apparent purpose is nowadays to tell you about a whole host of conditions and then go on to say that it is not included in the NHS service anymore. Thanks a lot. It is just so good to know that there is yet another thing wrong with me. I say in the notes for this section 
You know, at this point I would crack open a can. But now I get a hangover before the good bit. Yeah, that's another thing that's been happening. I get the hangover before the disinhibition. Disinhibition? Before the lack of inhibitions. So that's not fun. I think this is not funny, is it? This is not hilarious. I was thinking my notes, when I used them, would come off as comedic and joyful in a kind of gallows humour way. I don't think I'm getting there. Let's move on to something else. And let's get to my obligatory occasional grump about UK politics. It's the ideal time to do so because the Conservative Party in the UK are electing a new leader after Boris was forced to go. They are choosing between two candidates, that's Rishi Sunak, the ex-Chancellor of the Exchequer, and Liz Truss. God knows what she does. Before you immediately get the wrong idea and tune out, just listen to what I'm going to say. First of all, I think it is incredibly empowering, and I've said this before, that there are fellow Hindu Desai people in the cabinet. Seeing Rishi Sunak's puja outside number 11 was incredible, and I think it was a long time coming. On the other hand, minus a lot of points for Rishi Sunak, a rich git, and Pretty Patel, a racist nutter. Back to Sunak. When I was writing these show notes, foremost in the news was his idiotic idea to fine patients. What he was saying was that if you miss an appointment with your GP, if you can actually get an appointment, we've been over this a million times, you may be fined. Not so long ago, I missed an appointment because the GP's stupid pile of crap misleading online system said that all appointments were by telephone in the first instance. So, after I'd booked it online, I sat there waiting until my GP's reception called me to say that I'd missed an appointment that was, in fact, in person. Have you ever tried explaining anything to your GP's reception? Other people have been making the point this is going to hit the poor the most because they are the most likely to miss an appointment because of work or children commitments. There is that as well. Back to that Tory leadership contest. If you are a Conservative, who should you vote for? Sunak or Trust? I can't tell you, because I'm not a Conservative, but I have to laugh at the choice the Tory party has. Either a rich git, or a balmy wet blanket. And eventually, we will have a general election. Personally, I fluctuate between Green and Labour. Usually Labour. Who have I got to vote for? 
the Labour opposition's Keir Starmer. I think he is an unsympathetic insider. He is the ex-director of public prosecutions. He has several million quid in the bank. I also remember Keir Starmer sacking his colleague slash scapegoat, Rebecca Long Bailey, for purportedly peddling anti-Semitism. Actually, what happened was she retweeted a friend's incorrect claim that the Israeli Defense Forces trained US police, indirectly leading to George Floyd's murder. Stupid, but hardly Nazi anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. And gallingly, this is the same Keir Starmer who belittled the Black Lives Matter movement, refused to prosecute cops over Cressida Dick's cock-up that led to the shooting of Jean-Charles Menezes and the death of Ian Tomlinson. At least none of our potential leaders, though, is Boris, who encapsulates every above criticism I've already made. Why is it we peasants keep voting for the lords of the manor? A similar question was asked in the script of the last podcast I did when I talked about Doctor Who's State of Decay in pod 454. I've already said that I go between voting Labour and Green, usually Labour. In case you're wondering, why do I even bother after that tirade? The thing is, you have to vote for some party, otherwise you're wasting your democratic right, which was hard won, and you're playing even more into the hands of the lords of the manor, who would dearly love us not to vote at all. That is, despite what that idiot Russell Brand says. What the hell happened to him? This is the problem. When your beard gets too big, you turn into Russell Brand. With all that foreknowledge in mind, do you think that maybe next time our country won't fall under the spell of whatever bloody stupid crackpot right-wing populist cause comes along to take advantage of our dissatisfaction? I don't think so. Fat bloody chance. Let's do the podcast. I have nothing really in the culture section today, not really, sort of. I've got a couple of games to talk about, but that's more from the point of what I've been doing with my new computer, so I've stuck that in the technology section, and besides, I've talked about these games before. Technology. Let's talk about Holmes and Sonny Bawani's unequal sentencing. Elizabeth Holmes, the mastermind fraudster of Theranos, who made a blood-sampling bullshit box that did bugger all, was convicted on three counts, while her ex, Sonny Bawani, was convicted on 12. The jury went for Holmes's play of saying, I'm a poor, little, rich, pretty, blonde, white girl under the control of an abusive, middle-aged man. That 
does not sound like justice to me. That sounds like racist bollocks. Let's move on to some more tech. And I'm not going to be shouting too much this time. It's about my new old computer. The helicopter-sounding thing that I keep complaining about. The computer situation for a long time was a nightmare. I was down to one crappy laptop that delighted in disconnecting its power jack at the slightest provocation. All you had to do was look at it, or wave a hand at it, or just glare at it, and it would disconnect. My main computer, the Mac Mini, was also having problems. It is having problems. Not with Mac OS, but with Windows. I've talked about this many, many times. Anyway, I have resolved the problems by upgrading to an old, donated, Intel i3 no-name PC. Well, it has the name of a company on it, but it's a company that I've never heard of before. I cleaned it many, many times. There was dust literally everywhere, and when I say dust, I mean dust as in flying dried dead epithelials, possibly fecal matter, and the corpses of billions of dust mites, and some lint. The dust, in inverted commas, set off my allergies. It took three hooverings, dusting by hand, wiping with isopropyl alcohol, and canned air to make it somewhat usable, but I may never feel clean again. This case was a lot noisier too than it is now, due to the fact that in addition to the CPU and GPU fans, one fan for the CPU and two fans on the GPU, it had Five giant case fans. After dealing with this thing, it does make me wish that the next computer I own is a sealed industrial unit with passive cooling. Anyway, what I did was remove all the fans. And it worked without any extra case fans. I ran SIW, which told me that the CVU hovers around 38 degrees C. Though, in the end, I decided to reinstall one for extraction, just being extra careful, and to make sure that something else like the chipset RAM or the new Samsung Evo SSD didn't unpredictably cook, and also to suck the dust out. Yes, it's a suck, not a blow fan. <laughs> Interestingly, my Atom netbook runs a lot hotter than this desktop system. Interestingly, or are all laptops bloody useless? Probably the latter. Let me talk about the plus points of having a big desktop computer again. It is a relief to use a proper modular desktop with an actual 3D graphics card. Yes, it's an old one, but it's a good one. 
It's an NVIDIA GeForce 560 Ti. And also, finally having an SSD. My first SSD. The Samsung 870 Evo. With 250GB of space. And man, it makes a big, big difference. Unfortunately, I still have an external spinning chunk of rust. And also, this computer is old enough that it only goes up to USB 2, so it's not very fast. Though there are a number of free SATA connections inside the case, so what I'll probably do is crack open the external disk and put it inside the case. That should speed things up a bit. But yeah, SSDs? Who knew? Well, I, okay, everyone knew. I just... I'm not that rich and have to make do with older stuff. I'm fairly pleased with the computer. It is faster than the Mac. It works better than the Mac. It is louder than the Mac, which isn't great. But yeah, everything seems to work well with Windows. It was, after all, designed for Windows. It says so on the motherboard. What's the motherboard? I think it's an Asus. Yeah, it's an Asus. And unlike the Mac, it hibernates properly under Windows. I had to do a bit of faffing around with the settings on the Mac, especially the USB settings, which were prone to go to sleep and then disconnect all my gear and wouldn't work again until you rebooted or unplugged all the USB gear and replugged it in. This one has no such problems. Given that it is working so well, I'm considering upgrading the RAM and the CPU, as the upgrade options for this PC are inexpensive. But that's a discussion for another time. Let's talk about some negatives. As a result of having worked in the past in first second and third level tech support many years ago I really despise mucking about with hardware mucking about with operating systems and most of all I do not miss Windows driver hell which is something I had to contend with trying to get the sound drivers working okay and also, all that bending over and peering into the murky moor of the interior of a PC case did my back in. It's still done in. Let's move on to something else. Look, before we move on to something else, the positives are, I have a working computer, I can podcast. The negatives are, getting a computer working that's old is a pain in the backside. And also, it's a sandy bridge... PC and doesn't really have a viable upgrade path to Windows 11, so Windows 10 is the highest you can go on this. On the other hand, a lot of people are in the same boat as me. On the other hand, I am not those people, so bugger those other people. I'm the one with a problem. I'm the one who's going to moan about it. Let's move on. It's getting negative again. Let's talk about gas gear acquisition syndrome. Uh, 
a sickness of anyone involved in musical gear. I've tried to give this item broader appeal because I'm guessing there are far more guitarists and ukuleleists even out there than banjo lalius. <laughs> That's a lot of this. This information should appeal and apply to all three. If you're a guitarist, this will be of interest to you. I think the majority of people listening to this are probably guitarists. The creative section of my pod hasn't seen much action lately. While I'm working on republishing the Horace Box and will keep you updated on that, other creative things that I do include being a hobbyist banjo laliest. I just love saying that. That is, I really like playing the banjo ukulele. Unlike most people who play these tiny instruments, I also like rock, and I'm forever on a quest for rock tone that goes with my evolving mixture of analog and digital music gear. From, admittedly, the perspective of a banjo alias, but also I do have a bass guitar and a guitar guitar. <laughs> but if you take the banjolele into account, I am basically what Brian May would have been if his fate took a really uncool turn and he just stuck to playing his dad's banjolele. Getting to the point of my gas, I recently acquired a vintage Watkins Electric Music Starfinder 150. It looks like a PA slash guitar head, a really weird looking guitar head. I think what it is though is a powered mixer. Similar WEM gear was used by the Pink Floyd. Yes, I said the Pink Floyd, which was, I think, the second name of their band before it simply became Pink Floyd. It was something else before that as well, but I can't remember. If it was something actually used by Pink Floyd, it would be worth a lot of money. It probably isn't. The guy I bought it off said something like it's a rare prototype, perhaps. In that case, it would be worth something, but I don't really know anything about it, and I haven't researched further into this. Anyway, the point is, I have a guitar amp, a proper guitar amp, sort of. What I've found in playing around with it is that it's too clean, and it's too loud all the way up to overdrive properly. It just gets louder and louder and louder, and it never distorts. On the other hand, it's probably okay as a pedal platform. It also may be the loudest guitar amp I've ever heard, and I'm a bit scared of it. In the process of mucking around with this amp, I had to open it up, Earth a thing, test some circuits. Didn't really know what I was doing, but YouTube is around, thank God, so I didn't kill myself. 
thanks to a safety lecture from a guy on the Premier Guitar Channel. A safety lecture that filled me with fear and actually added questions to what he was saying, rather than answering all of them. But I'm still alive. This thing has monstrous size capacitors. They're... Oh, they're like the size of a small person's fist. I'm getting distracted by electronic nerdery. Let's get back to this. In order to try out this head, I tried and then almost immediately returned an orange PPC-112 cab. The reason I returned it is I never knew 1112s were so bulky and heavy. Which is a pity, it's a nice looking cab, but I can't be dealing with gear that big now. I also tried, as I am want to do, as an acoustic instrument player who's interested in electrifying his chain, a different piezo pickup. One that I've tried before, but I thought I should give a second chance, because maybe I hallucinated that it wasn't that good, and that was a Charla Oyster. I found it to be too hot. A much cheaper Cherub WCP-60G is much better. And when I say cheaper, I mean less than a third of the price of the Charla Oyster. I also tried a Zoom MS50G multi-stomp pedal. That is a multi-effects guitar pedal, something I've wanted to try for years and years. I found it wasn't bad, but I didn't like the interface. And worst of all, it did not make my ukulele sound good. This is all very negative. Let me tell you what has worked with my setup. Roland Cube Street's Cosm Modeling. That works really well. I've got a Roland Cube Street. I bought it ages and ages ago. I use it for everything. It's plugged into my TV. It is my TV soundbar in stereo. It is my PA for my mic. It is my guitar amp. And it has Cosm Modeling of different classic amps. My clean signal is my instrument to a preamp, which in my case is the LR Bags Para Acoustic DI, to the Clean Vox AC30 model with reverb. My dirty signal chain is the same preamp to a Proco Rat clone, the Myomorpha, to Again, a clean Vox AC30 model with reverb. What all this comes down to is a Proco Rat and a Vox sound great in most setups, which is something we all knew in the first place. The nearest equivalent in the electric guitar world to what I'm doing with a little banjo is the classic setup of a twangy Telecaster into a rat pedal, into a Vox AC30. So no real surprise that this works. 
but I'm a tinkerer, so I like trying out new things as long as they're not too expensive. I think the biggest purchase I made was that guitar head, and now I'm not sure what to do with it. If you're surprised that I plugged in a 150-watt amp into a 1x12, the cab was at 16 ohms, so as long as I didn't crank the amp, it would be okay. And yes, I did find that whole thing about amp impedance and cab impedance very confusing. Oh, I've been talking about the Roland Cube Street. I am aware that that amp, along with the really famous Microcube GX, the even earlier Microcube, are now discontinued in favour of the much more expensive Boss Dual Cube LX, but that's the subject for another time. The conclusion of this long and winding section is that most players have too much gear, and with only modest musical ambitions that I have, too much gear is a waste of money. What I really should be doing is just practicing. I have to keep telling myself, though, that I don't need to spend a lot of money to be creative. That's something I think we can all take away from this. Though, if you've got money to burn, go ahead. I'm actually a bit envious, but I don't. To fiddle around with that amp head, I bought a multimeter, and that brings me to a top tooltip. The multimeter, I barely knew how to use, but it did come with instructions. I also bought some resistors and a couple of test leads to earth the amp. If you want to know how to do that, go onto YouTube, and may God have mercy on your soul. If you put your finger in the wrong place and fatally electrocute yourself. Where was I? Yeah, the tooltip. It's a really obvious one, but it took me a really long time to figure it out. The tip is, only buy a tool when you need one for a specific job. Of course, if you are a career craftsperson, you'll have to buy stuff up front, but for generalist hobbyists like me, if you only buy what you need when you need it, it spreads the cost. Because there was a time when I had a job, and I think this is not unique to me, but this is a thing that men do, and that is we buy tools. Let's move on to something more irritating and current and in the news. Palantir is bidding for an NHS contract. Yes, the dodgy American snooper tech company Palantir, founded by right-wing wingnut venture capitalist Peter Thiel and creepy Alex Karp, and partly funded by the CIA, want to handle NHS data. Yes, they are bidding to handle NHS systems and yours and my data. Fantastic. What could possibly go wrong it seems like every few months we have to tell someone to 
Take the hands off our NHS, you gits. Let's move on to something that's really infuriated me. And that is a company called Sanas AI's system that will fake American white guys, or girls, one supposes. A company called Sanas AI have developed an accent-faking system so that Gory from Gujarat can sound like bloody Gary from Glendale. One of the founders said it would reduce racial abuse of call centre employees. I said on Twitter I would be mocking this disgustingly racist and idiotic garbage application of tech the vocal equivalent of painting yourself white. The company who developed it, its funders and its customers on my podcast. So here's a little preliminary dirt. According to Crunchbase, these morons managed to scare up $5 million in seed money, then secured further stage 2 funding of $37.5 million US dollars, of their 13 investors, their two main ones are Jeff Horing and Jeff Murdoch's Insight Partners of New York and Arman Ali's Human Capital of San Francisco. Hang your heads in shame. For the next bit, I have pre-whistled and recorded a well-known song from a famous Bollywood film to use as background for the next bit that I'm going to say. (whistles) To those who just can't stand the concept of foreign, especially Indian, screw you, I love my curry and being Desai. Let's move on to Second Life and Mist Online, Uru Live, which I can now play at maximum resolution, hence its inclusion in the text section and not the culture section. Because I now have a functional Windows PC with an old but not terrible 3D graphics card, something that I have not had since the 90s, I tested out Second Life and Mist online Uru Live on their highest settings, something I've never ever been able to do before, and everything runs absolutely fine at max res. It is an incredible experience. These two games, Second Life and Mist Online Uru Live, are hardly cutting-edge They are absolutely not AAA games, but they do require some graphics grunt. And they are two games that I muck around with, particularly Myst Online. And now I can actually get into these games and run around and see myself in maximum resolution with a great big screen and everything works okay. It's fairly ironic that I could run my (laughs) graphics at 1080p, but my monitor is not a 1080p monitor. 
So, what did I do with this newfound 3D graphics power? Did I go onto GOG or Steam and get myself a AAA game? No, I didn't do any of that. I played Solitaire. <laughs> Boring old Windows Solitaire. And amazingly, after a few games, I actually won. It is a thoroughly pathetic achievement, but I have been a user of all versions of Windows since the 80s, that is, from Windows 3.0, and I have owned 10 plus PCs, and in all that time, I have never won a game of Solitaire, or, to be completely honest, even really understood the rules. <laughs> And you know why that is? <laughs> I tried this joke out on Twitter. It didn't work there either. The reason I never learned the rules is I never had the patience. <laughs> oh, nose laugh. Oh. Do you know what else you can do with a Windows computer that works? You can run... Vim on it. The way Satan intended. All hail the cult of Vi. Yeah, bugger running Vim on <laughs> Linux. You can run it on Windows, which is what I've done for years. Let's move on to Creative, and the big news in Creative recently, well, not that recently, because it happened a while ago, but I've been moving non-science fiction fantasy and horror news to this separate show for quite a while is the attempted assassination of Salman Rushdie. I think it's particularly problematic as Rushdie is hardly a danger to anyone as he is a writer of magical realism. I believe that as creatives, we have the legal right to create whatever hell we want, but also, as creatives, we should always bear others' feelings in mind when we do this. However, the Satanic Verses has garnered such a vehement response by a lot of people who don't seem to have read the book, including Salman Rushdie's attacker himself, and me! I could call out several genre creatives who wear their repulsive racist agendas splattered on their coats but somehow avoid any blowback whatsoever. Forget Lovecraft, these are 80s and 90s and 2000s authors. But a writer like Rushdie is stabbed 15 times, his Japanese translator Hitoshi Igarashi was murdered in 1991, also stabbed. His Italian translator, Etto Capriolo, stabbed. All for the sake of mildly allegorical religious magical realism of an obscure part of the Quran. Written by an atheist, but an atheist from an Islamic background. 
The irony to all this is, of course, that without the fatwa being issued by Iran's Ayatollah Khomeini in the first place, the book's appeal would have been far less. Lots of people, including my dad, I remembered at the time, bought the novel because they heard about it after the fatwa had been issued and was widely covered in the news media, so it kind of backfired. I just hope the guy's getting better. It says that he's stabilised, but I also heard in the news that the entries are life-changing. I'm not surprised, after being stabbed 15 times around the face and neck. Did he really deserve it? Of course he did not. He did not deserve it. This is terrible. It's been preying on my mind for a while. I thought I'd talk about it. And that's it. We're now in the after show section. This is the after show of the after show of the after show. It's the podcast equivalent of Inception. By the way, given my pre-show political chat, I would like to remind listeners that this is not a politics podcast. If you're worried that this will devolve into one of those, don't be. It's just that I had a lot of this stuff weighing me down for so long. And rather than shout about it in real life, I thought I'd shout about it on the podcast. But the podcast is real life. I didn't even get that depressing because I didn't talk about the many hells of climate, COVID, monkeypox, war, floods, space junk, light pollution... That all shows that, in my own strange way, I'm actually accentuating the positive. On the other hand, we are all, of course, still doomed. At this point, I probably could crack open a drink. It says in the show notes, let's see if that happens. It probably won't because my feet are killing me and I'm getting really tired. And There's a very, very cold fake Red Bull on the table in front of me. Hold on a moment. Mm. Ah. If you're from the future and thinking, what a weird blog post this is... I'm now reading from the show notes, by the way, just so this makes sense. It isn't a blog post. It is show notes for a podcast. And I'm addressing people in the future right now. Wait a minute, I already said that. I already sound drunk. I haven't even drunk anything. Drunk everything? Drank anything? Tenses. My question for you in the future is, do you still have podcasts? If you do, and you are listening to this, let me know by sending a postcard back in time, and I'll read it out next time. But don't send it before now, because I would have read it by now, and I haven't read it by now, so you haven't heard me say this yet. This is very confusing. On the other hand, there may not be a next time, because... As I said at the top of the show, I don't know if this off-topic 
show will last, so enjoy it while it lasts. Until next time, if there is a next time and I'm not just talking about the show now, and yes, that was deliberately foreboding, it was meant to be, good night. The show that you just listened to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMatur.com. I am not a writer of magical realism. If you want to help, please rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen. Recommend it to a friend or enemy, mortal or otherwise, or click on the contact or support link on the website. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK science fiction, fantasy, and horror geek podcast. This was episode something or other. I can't bloody remember. I have to scroll all the way up now. Oh, yeah. 456, recorded on Sunday, the 4th of September, 2022, but ending on Monday, the 5th of September, 2022, at 002626. Thanks again for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye!